0: Welcome to Off the Bench with Danny Cannell. Danny Cannell, back
1: to throw Indiana, and
0: his tight end. And Raja Bell. Bell has the 22 for Raja. It's all the future of football right before your eyes. Just yell it out, man. He can't guard me. What's up? Welcome to Off the Bench with Cannell and Bell. My man Raja is out today. He'll be back in tomorrow. I think he's going to have... Some really big news for us when he comes back. Not about him, but about his son. I think he has his son at a big basketball tournament in Houston, and they had a monster weekend, so I can't wait to get the details on that. Big show lined up. Pete Prisco is going to be in a little bit later in the show to break down all the NFL discussion. Antonio Brown is throwing some serious shade at Ben Roethlisberger and what kind of reaction that could have from the league and from his potential suitors as far as trade goes for the Pittsburgh Steelers wide receiver. Matt Kuchar, we have an update in that story where he – he didn't stiff his caddy, but he definitely underpaid him, and he made an adjustment to that, so we'll get to that. But there was also a major sporting event, the NBA All-Star Game. So I watched a lot of the festivities, because I do think NBA All-Star Weekend as a whole is a lot of fun. Like, you have the three-point contest, you have the slam dunk contest, you have the futures game, you've got um, all this different activities that take place, and then it finishes with this grand finale of the All-Star Game. So, I'm watching it last night and I'm trying to watch it because, you know, it's on late o'clock, eight o'clock. I didn't remember it always being at eight o'clock. I remember it being in the afternoon, which, whatever. I just, now it's TV. Everything's driven by TV, so they have it in prime time. So, I'm sitting down trying to watch it. A couple things that I noticed. One, and I get it, It's it's the same as every other All Star game. Nobody wants to get hurt. So, it's a bunch of. Guys out there showcasing their offensive skill sets. You got guys bombing from deep on three, which isn't that much different than the NBA anyway. You've got dunks off the glass. You had Giannis tried to dunk one as he was shooting a free throw, which was illegal. I'm surprised he didn't know that. Just like did a little dunk contest early in the game. But the product itself becomes laughable because it's such a far, it's such a difference between the game that you know is the all-star game. And the game that you watch if you're a regular season NBA fan. And it's not a knock against the NBA. It's not a knock against LeBron or Giannis or any other superstar. It, my, my beef is with all-star games in general. I, don't, I wonder if they've run their course. If we've seen them run their course where they're just not that entertaining. Now, I did put this out there on Twitter. And as my man Coca did notice, there is a significant demographic shift in the people that love the All-Star Game and the people that hate it, like me. I got a bunch of get-off-my-lawn type tweets. I got a bunch of people saying, well, get out of here. It's still exciting. It's for the kids. Why wouldn't you like this? And I get all of those things. I do. But... It's it's just an exhibition game. I don't even know why we call it an all star game. I think the auxiliary events are more entertaining than the game itself, and I think it's rigged to some extent. I think there was no way it was going to be a blowout, and even though it could have been, it comes down to the fourth quarter. It gets competitive, and I think it's all for show. And I, that's if you like that, if that's your thing, that's great. And if you're a huge NBA fan, you just like seeing guys try trick shots. If you like Steph Curry trying to bounce it fifty feet in the air so Giannis can go up there and dunk it that's great but you know where else i can get that 365 days a year i can go online on youtube and i can see dude perfect and every other trick shot artist do the same things and it's cool but it's just not really my thing 167 total three-pointers were attempted in the game came down lebron did come back and win his roster was stacked they came out a little sluggish way down came back in the second half were able to win the game um, Kevin Durant wins the MVP. It was his second all-star game. You had a bunch of guys with big performances. Giannis had a huge performance, 38 points, on 17 to 23 shooting. He probably should have been your MV- uh, the MVP. If they would have won, he absolutely would have been. Only 15 free throws, 275 total shots attempted. It's a circus. I mean, that's what it is. It's like, it's, it's the circus comes to town. And if you enjoy those types of things, that's great. That's, that's your thing. I think if you wanted a really compelling product, there's one solution to the All Star Game. It's to lay out a prize and put out a million bucks for each player on the winning team. They get a million bu- a million dollar bonus. Then you want to see those guys try a little bit harder. They'll do it. Even guys that have two hundred million dollar guaranteed contracts, that have a hundred million dollar shoe deals, that have all this money. You throw out a million dollars on the line. They'll play for it. And if you can do it for Tiger Words versus Phil Mickelson, two golfers, and you can have a $9 million purse for those guys, I guarantee you we can find the money to shell out for an NBA All-Star winning team getting a million dollar bonuses, and you would see guys try a heck of a lot harder than they were trying last night. And it wouldn't be just this love fest where everybody's going around, it's just a tribute game, it would become an actually a compelling game, which I think would make things really interesting. So that was the game itself. There was also a lot of drama around the game too. You had Anthony Davis who, you know, went directly, spoke with the media, was pretty open about it, said, Hey, I'm not, my list isn't just a couple teams. It's every team in the NBA. Uh, he was pretty forthright about it. It was kind of a joke though that he even played because he did leave the last game we saw him in as a Pelican before the All-Star break. He did leave with the contusion, goes, gets the MRI. His agent whisks him from the arena before the game is even over. And the NBA is like, well, yeah, you guys have your issue, but we need Anthony Davis as one of the faces of the league to play in the game. He goes out there and plays. So it's kind of just making a mockery of this whole process. And then, you know, not to mention that Dell Demps, the uh, general manager for the Pelicans, got fired on Friday before the weekend. The Pelicans are just an absolute dumpster fire, as Alvin Gentry called them. That's exactly what they are. And I don't know how this thing is going to play out for the rest of the season, but it's not going to get – Better before it gets worse because he's still there. He's going to be on this roster. He doesn't want to play. I don't think the Pelicans want to play him. The NBA is saying you have to play him. It's a disaster. So we'll see how that plays out. Should be fun to watch though. We're all we all like to watch train wrecks. So we'll go check that out. The other news out there: Bradley Beal of the Washington Wizards talked to uh, Chase Hughes of NBCS. I don't know what the S stands for. I have to get NBC Sports. I'm assuming. On Twitter, Bradley Beal said he couldn't name names, but he was actively recruiting at the All-Star game for players to join him in D.C. with the Wizards. Some guys even came up to him and asked, according to Bradley Beal, who was under contract for two more seasons. A couple things I thought on this. Of course, Bradley Beal isn't the only one that is uh, recruiting on All-Star weekend. This is probably when the most tampering takes place in the entire NBA, it's at the All-Star Weekend because guys are together, and they're going to talk about, hey, man, we like to hang out. Why don't you go play for me? It's probably as simple as that, and the NBA can't do anything about it as much as they want to, and good for Bradley Beal for speaking his mind. My second thought, I wonder how many guys actually came up to him and said they wanted to play with him because I would take the over-under at maybe one and a half. I can't imagine there being a long list of guys that are lining up to go uh, play with Bradley Beal. That's just me, though. The most exciting event of the weekend, to me, was probably the three-point contest. And it was actually really entertaining. Joe Miller ended up winning the award. Uh, Excuse me, Joe Harris ends up winning the award, the three-point contest. And he was on fire. Dude was lights out, had the prettiest. I can't wait to ask Raja about this, too, when he gets back tomorrow. Had the smoothest three-point stroke I think I've seen since our boy in uh, Hoosiers. Since uh, Jimmy Chitwood was out there just raining, just smooth stroke, repeatable stroke, beautiful finish, all of it, right there, perfect. He goes out there, strokes it, but the thing that was really cool about it was Steph Curry had a chance to be a hero because he got to shoot after him, and he started out like Steph Curry, and you're like, man, this is going to be a magical moment for Steph Curry. I think he hit 10 for 10, 10 straight in a row, and he's all of a sudden, the crowd's starting to go, the uh, the announcers are starting to say, uh-oh, here we go, you see this energy rising, and came up just short, But it was still – it was entertaining. And you knew those dudes wanted to win. You knew Steph Curry wanted to win. Joe Harris made a name for himself. A lot of people didn't even know who he was. He comes out, wins it. And it was really compelling. So I would say, like, keep playing up those events and downplay the game. The other thing was – What did you
2: think – what did you think of – of Dirk and, and Dwayne Wade's appearances. Like, do you think they should continue to go with sort of like this legends role? Because like Dirk had, a, it looked like he had a ton of fun in the game and in the three point contest, which he finished, which Roger said he wouldn't do.
0: Yes, that's right. Don't you think though, like everybody has fun. Like it didn't look like, I mean, it's just a fun game. It is fun. Like I didn't say it wasn't fun for those guys. I think they all love it. And the fact that Dirk comes out there and he takes the deep three early and everybody loves it. I don't, I don't mind that at all, but I think there's got to be something separate. I mean, and, and I'm, I don't know how much it's changed that much. I mean, I remember when Magic came back um, when he had uh, HIV and he was out, and then he came back and he won the MVP, and it was more of like a welcome back Magic type moment. I'm okay with those. I guess, I don't know, maybe I am getting old. Maybe I'm becoming the get-off-my-lawn type guy. Well,
2: I- what all-star game do you think does it right?
0: It's definitely not the Pro Bowl. Like, a bunch of people were accusing me like, oh, you just don't like the NBA. I love football. I hate the Pro Bowl. I don't watch it. It's unwatchable. Major League Baseball and hockey are the two sports that got the most love on my Twitter timeline of saying these sports do it right. I don't know, cause MLB doesn't exactly do it exactly right. You're getting pitchers come in for one inning. They're typically lower scoring. Um, you know, but they're a little bit more serious. I don't think the guys really care about who gets home field advantage. I don't think that plays too much into it um
2: i I just don't think i just don't think it matters in the grand scheme of things so it's just like if it's just it's one night a year it's just you know a celebration or whatever the case may be it's just like just leave it like i don't think they need to like overhaul everything if, if people have not even like a problem with it but i just think like some things you just you just leave it like you don't have to make it better you don't have to make it worse just it's just a basketball game
0: you know what you just did there you just gave me a really reasoned rational take And that doesn't work well in this business, Coca. Come on. You've got to come out with some piping hot take about the All-Star game. You can't just say let it live like as it is. But that's probably the the best thing about it. It probably is the truest thing that anybody's ever said is everybody kind of realizes that. And it is the time. The dudes go out there. They have a good time. They party all weekend. The parties are fantastic. And if you like it, watch it. If you don't, don't. Go find some AAF because that was on too.
1: All right, lastly, Danny, the caddy argument can finally be put to rest. Well, kind of. Depends on your opinion about this. So pro golfer Matt Coocher apologized after previously defending his choice to pay his temporary caddy only five grand. We talked about this a lot. So after winning the golf tournament and receiving one point three million dollars himself, he released a long statement on Friday, publicly apologizing and agreeing to pay the caddy now 50 grand. By the way, had his regular caddy John Wood been there this whole time, he would have likely gotten a full 10% of the earnings, which is 130 grand. So Danny, he did apologize, but is he in the clear?
0: No, this is totally, no, I don't think he should be. I think his reputation has been damaged. And we say reputation, it's not like, He's a jerk, or he's a bad dude. I think he's cheap, and I think people are in the know now, and they're like, okay, we get what it is. I think he's probably not going to get the best service anytime he has a service industry ex- like uh, experience when he's at a hotel on vacation at some of these tournaments. I guarantee you, the valet and some of the guys Ooh, that bring up your so bags. Terrible. They're probably going to be like, "Oh, this is the guy that's you know didn't really take care of his caddy at the Mexican, you know, at the tournament in Mexico. So why should I take care of him? I think it's already out there. This was totally, this was not Matt Kuchar doing the right thing. This was him responding to all the backlash. Unless right.
2: unless you're in sports, unless you're in sports, him. nobody knows who Matt Kuchar. Now is. they do. No, but they. Now they don't. don't. They no, do. they don't. Nobody Don't knows worry. who Matt Kuchar is. In a week, nobody's gonna know who l 2 is. It's gonna be a complete non-story. Matt Kuchar's gonna go back to winning money. He's gonna have his regular
0: caddy with him, and there's gonna be nope. no
1: more trouble. Danny, I'm with you. Uh,
0: his name, like, and for you, Coca, anybody who kinda knows golf probably knows Tiger Woods, maybe, and maybe another couple golfers. Because this story went mainstream, now they're gonna know who Matt Kuchar is. Yeah, and, that's like, a good, idea.
2: Yeah, good. Let's bring, before. let's, you know, let's bring Tiger into things. If you want to, Look at oh. look at Tiger's backstory. People got over that pretty quickly. I think, they did. Uh, I think they, not they paying pay no not shame. paying a caddy that that nobody's going to ever hear about again. I don't think anybody's going to care about.
1: Wait, I have a question. Why didn't he just pay him one hundred thirty grand to begin with? That's what the guy deserved.
0: Because it, I agree, Hannah, that is what a lot of hardline caddies are taking that approach because it wasn't his normal caddy. Like normal caddies, they go with the guy every tournament, and it was a one-off. He just hired this guy locally and said, hey, come on my bag, just help me out. So it was more like it was probably a great experience for this caddy because you never get to caddy for a PGA uh, player. Mm -hmm. But then once you do that and once you win – I think you should have given him considerably more than the five grand. And that was pretty much everybody's thought. And so that's why we are where we are now with him giving the caddy 50 grand.
1: So do you feel like this was clearly just a PR move to say, you know, I did the right thing, kind of clear the air. So now people can, I don't know, not repeat the story so much. Yes. He just did the right thing, quote unquote.
0: This is him getting heat from the public. His agent probably calling him and saying, "This looks really bad." People were booing him at the tournament he was just playing in, uh, in at the Genesis Open, mm-hmm. so he had to do some PR damage to kind of change his reputation. The problem is, even this fifty grand check he cut him, people are still going to remember him for stiffing the caddy. Right, and I, I think that, I think that's fair.
1: I just still I don't understand why he just didn't do one hundred and thirty right now, like this past weekend, like when he apologized. The guy doesn't all, deserve that money.
2: It's not his money. He doesn't deserve it. He's not his normal caddy. He's not a PGA Tour caddy. He's basically a minor leaguer getting $200, 300 a week. <laughs> That's him. So do as they deserve we, the same thing as major leaguers? No, they don't. The guy we, deserved $5,000. It was a contract. That's it. Then when it was up to $20,000, should have taken the $20,000? It would have been a non-story. But here we are. The guy's now got $50,000 for working for four days. Four days, 50 grand. He didn't deserve it.
0: As we've seen, Coca, the people have spoken. Kuchar wrote his check. You are wrong once again. We are right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that sentence alone. Let's just find ways to repeat that throughout the show, please.
0: <laughs> exactly. All right. Good job, Hannah. Thanks for that. All right. Welcome back to Kennel and Bell. Now, Kennel and Prisco. Pete Prisco, my man. What's going on? It's a nice ring to it, doesn't it? I, it does. It does have a. See good... you, Roger. All right. Let's <laughs> let's test your uh, non-football knowledge before we get to Antonio Brown. Okay. Uh, Matt Kuchar, you follow this story, right? Yes. So let's. I want to, I'm curious, I have not spoken to you about this. Who was in the right and who was in the wrong? Kuchar was in the wrong. Totally. Oh yeah. Thank you. Coke is the one of the. Coke keeps in there. These millennials in there. just think. Oh, ah, blah, blah. He's in there. You got to do the right thing. I still think even with the fifty, he got off pretty light. Like I think he probably should have given him a one thirty. I would have been fine. Ten percent, right? Yeah. That's 10%. what everybody else. That's what caddies typically get. Right. And yet he felt like, oh, this guy was just, you know, he makes two hundred dollars. day. he's going to be thrilled. In This is only because he was getting backlash. This I can't wait till they
3: starts coming out when Kuchar goes to restaurants. He only tips like ten percent.
0: Right. Exact. Well, Keepsake. There were some people out there that were tweeting said he kind of does have a reputation for being a cheapskate, and it's not any surprise whatsoever, especially when you consider the way this played out. 47
3: million to cheapskate. There's nothing worse than somebody who goes into restaurants cheap.
0: Exactly. I overtipped. I'm an overtipper, so I'm guilty of it. My wife and I went out Friday, or Saturday night, date night, went to a restaurant, knocking out the restaurant. We had a horrible experience, like horrific. Long wait, uh, they brought the main course first, had to pull it back, bring salads, like it was a disaster. My wife finally gets her dinner, and there's a bug on the plate. Like uh. on a little, thank goodness it wasn't like a palmetto, like a cockroach in Florida. It was like a little bug. My wife's like, all right, we're out of here. So we leave. We get, we leave. The guy comped a drink, and he took the salad off that had the bug in it. Still made us pay. What would you have tipped? in that situation. See, but it's not the server though. That's the problem. You're a, you're a good man. See, that yeah. See, I, the our server was trying his best and he kept apologizing. He's like I'm I'm all over them. So I still tipped him probably of what would have been the original bill. Right. I was like, "Hey man, I know it wasn't your fault." Yeah, you it have to tip
3: bill. the server. Absolutely. You have to. See, so you're you're uh, right. I, I,
0: tips. But like I think
3: most normal What'd you people tip do.
0: Him I actually gave him a little extra cuz I felt bad for him cuz I figured other people were probably stiffing him. So I gave him like 30% yeah, you know, see, like I'm an over tipper too. Yeah. You
3: should have gone in the back and punched the cook for putting the bug I, ser- in your. In Seriously, your thing. I
0: should have. <laughs> all right, let's get it going with some NFL stuff because Antonio Brown, uh, the very polarizing receiver for wide uh, for the Pittsburgh Steelers, he somehow felt it was a good idea to have a Twitter Q and A over the weekend, and I kept looking at it, being like, Is he really going to just go back and reply to all these? Because people started peppering questions. I was going to ask him what went down with Ben. He responds to one person, said, "What's the issue with Ben?" talking about Ben Roethlisberger as quarterback because there has been a lot of speculation about their relationship. So he tweeted out, quote tweeted, it so the whole world saw it. Said, no conflict, just a matter of respect. Mutual respect. That sounds good. He should have stopped right there. Kept going. He has an owner mentality like he can call it anybody, including coaches. Players know, but they can't say anything about it. Otherwise, the meal ticket is gone. It's a dirty game within a game. Hashtag truth. Antonio Brown Please stay off Twitter because you are not doing yourself any favors. I think Antonio Brown looks like the pettiest, immature receiver out there. And I get the diva-wide receiver thing. They're a part of the NFL. They always have been. But this, to me, is crossing a line where I think he's hurting his value. No, stay on Twitter. We like that. <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> Come true. on. It gives it's, a,
3: its gold. goals. plenty of fire. Don't go sure. away from Twitter. He's the one guy that actually says something on there. This right. is good. It's great theater. Look, he's in the wrong. He quit on his team. Period. End of story. He walked away. He quit. During a week where they had to win a football game, he was not there because he was being a baby. And he's a baby. And you know what? He's now going to be a 31-year-old baby with a big contract. Who wants that in their building? I know he's a great player, but his yards per attempt have gone down. Look at his yards per attempt from last year to this year. Way down. That's never a good sign for a wide receiver. I don't want him in my building. I'm not paying him that contract, and he needs to shut his mouth.
0: If you were a team... I, it's I kind of it's hard to say if you were a team because I do think a desperate team will sign him like they, and I, I'm sure they'll make a trade offer. It's going to be really tough. What are you getting them. for him? Well, that's the problem. The Steelers have no leverage because everybody knows he wants out. So they're going to be calling up for low ball offers. Amari Cooper got a one from the, from then the I Cowboys. Get a one for him.
3: You don't think so? Oh, well, he's 24 years old. That's True. The I mean, there's
0: a youth. There is a youth. Man, but he's one of the best receivers in the NFL. Like, Antonio Brown right now. Yeah, absolutely. Or how long, how much longer? Well, that's the question is how much, I think you get another two or three years out of him, don't you? Two He's, maybe. Yeah, two, I think two so. Two premium
3: years left but out. But I of think
0: him. a team like, I think, I do think, and I think he would be a disaster, but I think a team like the Jets who desperately need to give Sam Darnold some help, they need to infuse some. Do they want that, that in. guy
3: in well, that, there? Well,
0: that's my thing. If they do, it'll be a train wreck because with the New York media, and I know people will roll their eyes when you say New York media, they are, there's just a lot of them. There are a lot of them. There's so you a lot get of more them. play from right. them. Yeah, but like I, the, the 49ers. I think they're in the desperate category. Jerry Jones is dumb enough to do it because he, he just likes. No, them. he can't do it. He but can't do it. He can't. Tap wise, cap right.
3: wise, with all the stuff coming up, he can't do it. So, but Jets could do it.
0: The no Jets doubt. Could. Jets
3: have a ton of money. They could do it.
0: The 49ers could desperately use some help, some infuse some life in there for Do they want that?
3: Do they want that with young, it I it mean, doesn't scream everybody...
0: John Lynch to me. Or like, no, it's just like no. know, the GM out there. It doesn't seem like the, he's the type
3: The Jets doesn't make any sense either. And here's why. Gase had Jarvis Landry it couldn't <laughs> stand him and booted him out of there. So he's not going to bring that in there and deal with
0: it. Yeah. I do think it's, I think it's going to take time for this to play out, which is going to make it tougher on everybody involved. But I think if you're a Steelers, you're going to hold out until the end and force Antonio Brown's hand. You know
3: what we're going to find out in this free agency slash offseason? It's going to be like baseball now. Not not quite to that degree. Right. Le'Veon Bell's not getting the deal he thinks he's getting. Nick Foles' market isn't going to be what he thinks it's going to be. And Antonio Brown and the Steelers are going to find out that there's not a lot of value for a a big-mouth wide receiver who's at 31 years old. Do
0: you think there's a chance? Because I think there's a possibility that you could see Antonio Brown still a Steeler – into training camp, and they're kind of playing this game of chicken, like, well, where, what do you want us to do?
3: Or do no, they're the tired of them. Don't they, want them. They, no, they don't want him. Them. Want them they don't want him.
0: The players don't want them. I right. Mean, I wouldn't if, either. I wouldn't want this dude on my the team. The players didn't want Le'Veon Bell on the team. You
3: saw all those quotes that came out. The offensive linemen, they go to work, they do their job. They don't want that guy over there. You're prima donna. No. I, I think they would send a packet.
0: So let's move on to Le'Veon Bell. You mentioned him right there. I think the market – I agree with you. I think the market's going to dry up for him too, especially if you saw the way because. You're a big don't draft running backs guy, right?
3: No, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a guy you draft your running back third and fourth, fifth round.
0: Okay, yeah, yeah. Or second round,
3: maybe at the back end, if you needed a running back the back end of the first round because it's not going to be that expensive.
0: Right. So you, but you didn't love Saquon Barkley, too. I didn't have a problem with it because it's a rookie deal. I do not love making, committing this much cap space like the, um, the Rams did with Todd Gurley. And I wouldn't like it if I was doing it for Le'Veon Bell too. And I think actually Todd Gurley's disappearance at the end of last season probably hurts Le'Veon Bell even more in some Where was Todd Gurley? You 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 were the one that came in here and said he. Dis- I did. So there's still no injury. It's all up there. Up
3: there. You think the so? game was too big for him. I was told that by people in the that no he was the game got too big for him in the moment.
0: It sure looked like it. That's there's not a good something look. something going on. That's not a good look. If you're the Rams. I would want to put out the message somehow that, hey, he was hurt. Like, right. like of course. if you're a Rams fan, you're begging saying, man, show us that he was hurt because he wasn't the same player he was all season. No, and
3: he wasn't. And he curled up in the fetal position looking for mommy, right? I mean, no. isn't that what happened?
0: I think we have a developing situation happening in Cincinnati. I didn't, I'm not one to sit here and just rip hires before you see anything happen. I didn't love, um, the Zach Taylor hire. I just like, you look at his resume. I thought it was a desperate move by the Bengals to try to find this next Sean McVay because he was the offensive coordinator. A couple of years ago he was assistant quarterback coach. Like it's that's too I, fast. it doesn't happen like that in the NFL. Now you're seeing defensive coordinators being thanks, no thanks. You don't see that happen a lot, especially in the types of numbers. Veteran options, Jack Del Rio, Dom Capers, and Vance Joseph declined. You saw um Well, Joseph kind of got, you know,
3: they got him in Arizona before he had a chance really to get the job, so.
0: Todd Grantham, defense coordinator for Florida. Money. That was a money issue? As a money issue. Totally. Bengals, supposedly,
3: and he didn't like some of the defensive, the makeup of the defensive line. Del Rio surprised me. I saw Jack at the, at Mobile at the Senior Bowl, and I was almost assured he was going to take that job. I think Zach Taylor got in the room with Jack Del Rio and said, well, this is, you know, Jack's, Jack's been around. He's done it. Right. He doesn't want that around. So he did. That's why I think that happened with him.
0: But, but don't you think he desperately needs that? Because that the problem. was the one thing McVay did was brought in Wade Phillips. Yeah. Like, hey, he, you be the guy.
3: Here's the problem right now. When you get hired for a job, you should, you have your list of coaches 10 deep at every spot. Here's my number one coordinator. Here's my number two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. I this is what if I'm an owner, I want to see that. Most good guys interview and have that. Every position, special teams, quality control, all the way down. These are the guys I'm going after. If I can't get one, I'm going to two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. It doesn't sound like he was ready for that.
0: No, clearly he wasn't because I think even he was surprised he was getting a head coaching position this soon because that is probably the most important sell that you have to do in the interview. Is hey. This You're getting me, but you're also getting the staff that I'm going to create. And clearly, he's struggling with that process right now. Hired a high school coach. I think speaks volumes about how in over his head he is. Right. Did did you see that? He hired a high school coach. And he's... I get that they run the same system, and he's going to implement that system. It is different just knowing the system and knowing how to call it on game day when you have to start knowing why you're calling certain plays. Like, guys... like. It happened at Florida State with Jeff Bowden, who was Bobby Bowden's son, and I love, I love Coach Bowden, but Jeff Bowden took Mark Rick's system. And just started like video games. Like, let me just call this. This play worked all the time in the past. Why doesn't it keep working? Defenses make adjustments. You have to know what to tweak. Plus, and if you're not that person, then it's not going to work.
3: Did it get figured out a little bit? I mean, it was a very basic system. Right. I mean, right. Absolutely. Basics, it was. Yeah. It, you, know, you know. And look what the Patriots did to it. I right. Mean, they played a lot of different coverages that they didn't expect, and they kind of figured it out a little bit. They played that what six-five six-man front up to take away the zone run, and then they yep. played a zone behind it, yep. and, and it was. So I think. It has to evolve. Can Zach Taylor evolve? That's the question. Uh, you know, I don't know Zach Taylor, but I've asked around guys that I do know him, and there's a lot of um, questions about whether he will be a successful NFL football.
0: I'm I'm very skeptical. I don't. Want, I want to give a guy a chance, but it's like Matt LaFleur. I'm kind of in the same boat. Me too. If you look at the Titans' passing offense, they were 29th in total. I heard that there was a chance
3: he was getting fired in Tennessee.
0: Really? That wouldn't surprise me at yeah. all. Their offense was awful. Yeah. It wasn't that good. And – If Aaron Rodgers can't get along with Mike McCarthy and they go at heads because he Aaron Rodgers basically thinks he knows more than everybody, I guarantee you he thinks he knows more than Matt LaFleur. If that doesn't flourish and he gets a lot of say and they're putting up numbers, that could be a train wreck too. You know,
3: it was interesting at the Super Bowl, one of the things, and I didn't know this, I had never heard this before, and I I know Mike McCarthy and he had never told me this, but I guess the reason they don't run bunches and, and picks and rubs is because Aaron Rodgers doesn't like it. Really? Everybody does it. He, it's one of the most successful players Craig in Greg Jennings told us he doesn't like it. Really? And so he pushed back on that. Really? That's Because you know, their offense is all iso route. Absolutely. That's all it is. It's terrible. A
0: lot of Yeah, exactly. It's not very good. Not for this era. No. You know, you get with the
3: times. Really? Run some picks, bunches, picks, jet sweep motion. He doesn't like it. He likes to come to the line of scrimmage, see where this guy, that guy, that guy is, identify what he does, and go from there. But it's behind the
0: times. And you know what? Also, Aaron Rodgers does, and he doesn't get a lot of heat for it. Is he does just turn it into playground football, especially yeah. the two-minute drill. He starts scrambling around. He's such an elite thrower. Think about some of his best, the best throws he's ever made. They've been on the run, like scrambling around, and he creates, which is awesome. And it's great. It's one of one of the parts that makes him the best. But that makes a lot of sense. The fact that he just can go out there and he can get away with that. Because a lot of guys, you call and you go out there and see what you like, and you just call a couple routes. If they're not there, you're screwed. Right, and you're going to get sacked or you're going to have a bad play. He can create, which is- how much better would he be right. if he
3: played in the? Oh, if that- if he
0: played within a system, that
3: would be curious to see what Lafleur does with
0: him on that. You know, it's it's really trying to keep perspective and um, and not letting other people define you because they sure do want to. And um, shoot, it's and I try to encourage young people all the time to not let the world or. Um, other people outside sources define you because you're always going to have critics and naysayers and people that are going to tell you that you won't that you can't that you shouldn't most of those people are the people that didn't that wouldn't that couldn't and um, and don't be defined by outside sources you go after your dreams um, succeeding or failing is not making it to the bigs or it's not necessarily fulfilling that it's not it's having to not live with regret because I didn't try and you know I just feel for all the young people out there that don't go after something because they're so afraid of failing that you're going to live with a lot more regret than you would have if you tried and you failed. And I'm very passionate about that. Boom! There it is. Words of encouragement from Team Tebow. I'm inspired. I'm ready to go get a workout in right now from a man, Tebow. I like Tim Tebow. I have a prediction for you. I think he's going to be on the Mets roster playing at City Field by the end of this season. I do. I don't know if he's going to deserve it or not, but I think the Mets are going to call him up. Strictly for ticket sales. I think he is a guy that would actually generate ticket sales. I've seen the Tebow fanatics in full force. I think he would generate some fan interest from Major League Baseball. I don't think Major League Baseball players would love it, just like the way NFL players didn't love how much attention he got when he was the Denver Broncos quarterback and was playing okay, and yet he was the face of the league, and they were dedicating full entire sports centers just to Tim Tebow, calling it Tebow Center. Guys get jealous. Same thing, MLB would get jealous. But I'm a Tim Tebow fan. I think he's legit. I think he's the real deal, and I hope he does get that opportunity because I think it'd be pretty cool. I don't know. I don't. I get the haters. I think it's a lot of jealousy, but I hope he. I hope he does all right. Coco, you you are you a team Tebow fan?
2: I, I'm indifferent. I don't really care.
0: So you're you are a didn't wouldn't or couldn't guy then? <laughs> all
2: right. I, I think he was saying that to Pete. I think he was talking to Pete, saying that. Listen, Kyler Murray, stop listening to Pete. You're going to succeed in the NFL. I know it.
0: Absolutely. Do you know, Kyler Murray, when he, who's, uh, he's going to be sponsored by Bose or Beats. I don't, Bose is the sponsorship, right? That's what he's listening to. That speech over and over in his headsets. Daytona 500. Are we raised some breakdown, some NASCAR breakdown. Denny Hamlin. Congrats to you. Second Daytona 500 winner. Held off Joey Logano and Kyle Bush. Insane stretch. Like just crazy finish down there. They were going three wide. There was nearly half the field was involved in a pileup. Flames were going everywhere. It was insane. I didn't see any of it. Sorry, but it looked really cool. The red flag was 30 minutes to clean up. But the thing I took from it, I was inspired because Danny Hamlin, he's the only NASCAR driver sponsored by Jumpman. Raja has been influencing me, and it's a bad influence because I have a shoe problem. I am starting a Jordan shoe collection. Started on Saturday with my daughter Brady, who's six, got her a pair. And she was like, Dad, we could be twins if you get the same pair. Done. Picked them up. That was number two. I also have some of the three retros that are the UNC colors, so I'm starting those. But I'm taking down our man Rip Hamilton. I'm devoting a wing of my house. When I say wing of my house, it's like a little closet. But I don't know if I can take down Rip, but I'm going to try. I'm going to do my best. And then we're going to do a show off the bench, Canel and Bell, from Rip's shoe collection. That's where we're taking the show next. We just gotta make it all happen. Alright, we'll be back tomorrow. Raja's back. We're gonna get story time from this Kites tournament. All that and more.